the first series and what I brought out is maybe the most interesting one is uh, the Bucks uh, Celtics series. Uh, so, so far, uh, it's a 2-1 for Milwaukee. They won a super close game yesterday uh, with a super close ending. Um, so, my my thing is that I think the Bucs should win uh, at the experience because they're obviously, you know, more experimented team than, than the Celtics playoff. Uh, but I do know that there is a lot of people that think that uh, the Celtics might or, I mean, have the weapons to win this series. So, I don't know what is your, like, your thought about this one. Tyreek. I mean, yeah. I mean, I picked the Celtics in six um, before the series started. I think the Chris Middleton injury was a big reason why I picked the Celtics. Um, obviously, like you said, the Bucks do have the experience, but Celtics have a pretty good amount of playoff experience on that roster, even given JT and J- uh, Jalen Brown being so young. They got Al Horford, who's pretty experienced in the postseason. Like, they got experience. Um, and I think yesterday's game shows just how close this series is going to be and just how closely matched up these teams actually are. Because it literally took, like, you know, just a few tenths of a second, and we would have been in overtime. Like, that's just how close that game was. And even with that, like, the Celtics had every opportunity to win that game. Jason Tatum had probably his worst game of the season. He was 4 for 19. He played terrible. And they still had a chance to win. So that just shows how closely these two teams are. Um, I I see it, like, right now, the way it's going, I feel like it's going to go a full seven. And then once you get to game seven, anything can happen, man. But – Giannis is special. Um, we had this discussion, I think, like maybe a couple months ago where we were all pretty much consensus like Giannis is the best player in the world. Mm-hmm. And I don't think that's changed. I don't think it's changed at all, man. He, sh- he shows how special he is. Even in the first two games when he wasn't shooting the ball as well, he was still one of the most impactful players on the floor because that's just how talented he is, how far his game has grown. He's not just going downhill. Now he has a mid-range game. His playmaking has improved. Always been an elite defender. Um, just he's showcasing why he's the best in the world right now and why the Bucks are going to have as good a chance as anybody is winning the championship this season. Yeah, I, I think I, I agree with you, actually, Tyreek. I think this series is a lot closer than um, most people think, because I think I, I really feel like this has to be the year where Boston finally does break through. I mean, you know, you kind of do have those teams every once in a while. They'll get to the you know second round conference finals and then it's almost like they fall apart every year. And this Boston team doesn't feel like the Boston teams of the last several years. And one of the other guys I was looking at too, actually was Marcus Smart. I know Marcus Smart does a lot of things that don't really show up, you know, in the box court at the end of the game. But I'm looking here at his stats. He was one for eight yesterday, had nine points. I mean, that was in 29 minutes. So I look at, you know, somebody like him who, you know, if he, if his shooting percentage is more than 12%, if he goes, you know, three for eight, for example. I mean, that's a different game right there, too. And, you know, Jason Tatum, like you said, he's not going to struggle four for 19 every game. So there's just, like, very little things in this game like those. Like I said, Tatum makes one more shot. Marcus Smart makes one more shot. I mean, Boston wins right there. So, I mean, I just look at those things like that, and I'm like, you know, this – I think I still want to go Boston with this because you even look at the defensive end of the floor. They're still throwing throwing so many people at Giannis, too – kind of which was something we talked about and we kind of expected. And I know Giannis, you can't stop him, but you can slow him down in Boston. They've done a good job of making it, you know, uncomfortable for him at times. You, you see him struggle to start games off. I mean, it's it's very doable, I think, for Boston if they kind of can get on the same page for this next game, get things going early. I think I like their chances still. And and Tyreek mentioned uh, Middleton being out. And Kenley, you talked about uh, Tatum and Smart uh, struggling. 
it's the, it's interesting to see that with still Tatum and Smart struggling, the Celtics uh, held the box until the end of the game uh, without Middleton. And as you said, you know, if Tatum is in a good uh, a good night or Smart making a better game, it's it might be like you know a very different game, and it forces Janis to play probably his best game uh, this season. And when your your team is down of you know counting of your on your star playing playing that good, it means that you know the team in front of you, which means the Celtics, are you know really pushing you into your limits. And so, as I said, I still have the Bucks because of the experience and and because of of Giannis. But I'm I'm totally agree on the fact that this series might go in in seven games. Um, but the team that's gonna get out of the series might be like. A bit exhausted for the rest of the playoff because you know playing that kind of series in seven, you know, marks you for the rest of the of the playoffs. I, I will say too, I kind of feel like one of the outliers in the game yesterday. I'm looking, Drew Holiday is taking 30 shots. I mean, I know somebody else has to step up, like because Middleton isn't playing right now. But I mean, Drew Holiday, I think he's a one of the best, if not the best, two way you know point guard probably in the NBA. But 25 points for him on 30 shots, and he played. It's playing 42 minutes. I'm like, you kind of got to wonder, is that going to be – I mean, but like, like, you, like you said, though, somebody got to take those shots at middle yeah. on the table, and it's like – even though, like, his percentage, that's not a cute percentage, but he he was hitting some big shots. He yeah. made, like, the biggest shot of the night to push the lead up to three mm -hmm. um, going into the final possession. So, when I was watching and they said he took 30 shots, I was like – Yeah. Like, really? Like, he took <laughs> – yeah. It didn't seem like he took 30 shots, but all 11 shots that he hit were big time shots. So, um, yeah. Charles Jr. He was playing. He was playing great defense on Jalen Brown. Even though Jalen Brown had like I think 28 points, mm -hmm. it was a tough 28 points. Like it was not yeah. easy. He had to work for every single bucket. Man, Drew Holiday's been working on the defense side of the floor this whole series. Because see, I'm never one of those people that looks at the box score and really you know form you know my opinion on stuff. But I'm looking. Giannis took 30. Holiday took 30, and then the next person was Pat Connington with 10, and then also Brooke Lopez with 10. So I'm like, that's crazy, man. Like, that is such a huge gap. But like you said, like we like we said, somebody's take those shots. I mean, it's just – it's crazy. It is crazy. I'm wondering, what do you think about Wes Matthews, though? Do you think he'll – because he was one of five yesterday. Do you think he'll get more – somebody like him will get more attempts? I mean, he Rick took three shots in 25 minutes. I mean he's – been, He's been working on defense. He's been – he's got the Jason Tatum assignment, and he's yeah. been – He's been guarding up on JT, man. Like, I think the stat was 0 for 10. Jason Tatum was when guarded by him in game three. So, yeah, he's been working on defense. So, I'm not really too worried about his offense at all. Yeah, man. That is – I want to – I kind of want to flip to the game, the other game yesterday because it wasn't close really at yeah. all. But I was surprised Golden State put up 142. What were you guys thinking on this game? It's, I guess it's the answer for, you know, last game when, you know, when they, uh, they lost, uh, you know, they had this thing with Vermont being ejected and lost stuff. I mean, no, they won the game, sorry. Um, but yeah, I think it's the answer of the Warriors to, okay, you want to play physical, you want to show that you can probably beat us in one or two game. And the Warriors just, you know, gave a strong answer, like the team they are, the champions they are, and it's getting tough for the Grizzlies because, you know, uh, Morin looks uh, a bit lonely in those games. And I think – so I didn't watch the game. I think that Morin was injured uh, during the quarter of the game. So, uh, yeah, couldn't really have the team uh, at the end of the So, yeah, I guess it's just, you know, 
the logic of the Warriors being a better team uh, than the Grizzlies in this series, uh, and then Morin being a little bit, you know, lonely on the court. I'm gonna need y'all if y'all didn't see the play where Ja got hurt. Um, I don't know. It looked it looked weird what Jordan Poole did because like he was it, he said he was reaching for the ball, but he was nowhere near the ball. Right. He grabbed Ja's knee and yeah. like tugged it, and also had his hand on his back and kind of pushed him. It looked very weird, man. I'm not accusing Jordan Poole of being a dirty player, but it just we looked had, weird. Uh, Never we seen had, anything. Uh, we had a lot of dirty plays during the series so far. Game yeah. two and game three. Yeah, I've never seen anything like that, man. So hopefully Ja is cool um, because he's been he's been the best player on the floor in this series. He's been dominant. Um, but, yeah, they just – the Warriors just kind of blew the game open in the third quarter, like typical Warriors fashion. That's pretty much what happened. Clay started knocking down shots. Wiggins was knocking down shots. Poole got going. Curry was going all night. That's pretty much, like, the, the summary of this game. Like, they blew it open in the third quarter like the Warriors typically do. Um, Their first home game in the series. So you kind of expect it. Um, could easily be three old Warriors. Like, that's how close those first two games were. Mm-hmm. But it could have easily been two old Memphis, Memphis at the same time. So, I don't know. If Ja comes back, um, I'm still confident that this can be yeah. an interesting series. But even if Ja isn't back, the Grizzlies have shown that they can win games without him. So, um, even if he doesn't play in game four, don't expect it to be an easy Warriors win. I, I think I'll say that much, man. But um, a 30-point win is a pretty convincing one um, for this series. The way that it's been going – Score 142 points is pretty big. Yeah, I man, it is so crazy when you look at Golden State because they really – I'm glad you brought that up, you know, how they can, you know, kind of just come back in a game, like, you know, super fast because I feel like they've, they've just stuck with that identity for so long, man, because when you watch the game and they're down by 10, 12 points, you're like, okay, like, you know, Memphis might start pulling away here next thing you know, Golden State's up 15, 20 points. I mean, they just do it so fast, and it's just – it's like nothing I've ever seen before. And really, I thought it was one of those things where when KD was playing on Golden State, it was because of, you know, KD, Steph Clay. But you look at a lot of these guys now on Golden State. I mean, Jonathan Kaminga yesterday, he was solid. Otto Porter, solid. So, I mean, even if Clay, Steph, um, and Dre aren't like, you know, doing their thing all the time, they have so many other guys not going to step up. I mean, you mentioned Jordan Poole, who he's just been phenomenal all year. I mean, it's, it's crazy how deep of a team they are. Both these teams are really deep. Um, even going to what you said about, you know, how Memphis played all year when Ja was out. So, I mean, like you said, I think this one can still go either way. I don't – I think Memphis is going to come out and it's going to be, be pissed off. I think they might even tie the series. I mean, it just depended on Ja's status. But it's it's definitely one where, you know, this could go one way or another still, I think. Yeah, the series is definitely not over. No. Yeah, as, as long as – I just hope Ja's healthy, man, because yeah. – it, the injured the play just looks so weird, man. But like Evan said, this has been kind of a, I guess, borderline dirty series. Like the Dylan Brooks play. Not, not the first time it happens during the series. Yeah, man. It's, it's been messy all three games, man. So hopefully it cleans up a little bit because you don't want to see guys getting hurt and potentially yeah. having their season ended, man. Especially like, you know, Gary Payne's out, I think, three to five weeks, which is a big, big time hit for them because he had the John Moran assignment. Mm-hmm. Now they don't really have anybody to stick with job. And now Ja might be out like it's just it's been very messy it's been very messy so hopefully it cleans up just a little bit yeah yeah I uh I'll, I'll tell you what though Phoenix and Dallas this oh. I think today today's game is gonna I don't want to say anything but I'm thinking of Dallas wins today I, I said I, I picked Dallas for for this series so I'm hoping dude. I know I don't know 
Yeah, I don't. I don't think that the Mavs gonna, you know, leave the playoff uh, with being swept by uh, the Phoenix Suns. I think. I think they might win one game, which is gonna be probably like a Doncic game, uh, which has been pretty much since the start of the series. Uh, but yeah, I don't see the Mavs, you know, leaving the, the playoff uh, without winning at least one game. Uh, we've seen. I mean, you know, game two was. Uh, close until Chris Paul, you know, catch fire uh, at the very end of the game. Uh, so we saw that even like the Mavs is not probably like the most solid team to play in the sense they have the weapons to, you know, threaten them during an entire game. So if you manage, you know, to slow down Chris Paul Booker in the in the last minutes, uh, you you probably can win, you know, one maybe two game. But again, you know, tough to win. Uh, this series for us, but yeah, you can win some games, and we saw that it's it's been kind of weird because um, the Suns were you know clearly the best team uh, at the start of um, you know since the beginning of the series, but at the same time um, you know the Mavs were still you know holding up and having some close games until that fourth quarter that is you know some the main issue for for Dallas so far. Um, so yeah, we, I agree with Kenley. I think I think the Mavs might win one game, might be tonight, might be the next game, but not gonna be swept by uh, Phoenix. Oh, I am. I'm going all in on the Mavs. I don't care what anybody says. Um, that the game game three was kind of a weird game. Um, Jalen Brunson is like the key for them because game one and two he didn't play good, but then game three he was really good. Had I think 28 points. He's the key man. If he plays good, if he's that second option for Luca they'll have a chance to win a game. Like, they'll have a chance to win that game. But what worries me is, like, they played so good in that game. Chris Paul had one of his worst games I've ever seen him play. He had seven turnovers in the first half. He was god-awful. Um, Book wasn't really amazing either. Like, the Suns played probably their worst game of the season. Mm-hmm. And this was still a pretty close game. Like, it wasn't like a blowout. That's the only thing that kind of worries me, man. It's a tough matchup for the Mavs, but they got to almost play kind of perfect. And they got to really be locked in on defense to have a chance in this series. Um, I did pick this to go seven before the series, but that's because I didn't know how healthy Devin Booker was. Um, the first two games he looked pretty good, so I don't know. I'm still I'm still rock with the Suns for sure. But this game's big. Like this game is probably the difference between it being a seven game series or it being over in five. Like today's a big game. Um, I don't expect Chris Paul to play that bad again. Um, coming back into this game today. So the Mavs are going to have to, once again, you know, be ready and have their game plan, you know, executed to perfection if they want to be able to win game four. When I, when I watch, I go ahead. No, I was I was just saying, I'm glad Tyreek brought up Jalen Brunson because in game two, he got in foul trouble early and mm-hmm. he had to be benched for the rest of the first half. And so, you know, that really impacted the game. And another guy, too, I'm, I always um, look at was Reggie Bullock, too. Yeah. You know, he was he was big last game for him, too. So. I just think at this point, really, we all, and I think Jason Kidd even kind of addressed it a little bit. I think it was after game one or two in the press conference, but he was talking about, you know, Luca can't, you know, go out there and average like 30 and everybody else kind of like doesn't really do anything. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think these last couple of games, you've kind of started to see people step up a little bit more, um, make some bigger shots. And I think that's definitely the key for him. Like, like you said, Tyree, Jalen Brunson, I mean, he's just, he's been, he's been solid all year. He stepped up last game. And like I mentioned, Reggie Bullock, I mean, those are two guys. And, yeah. you know, you get somebody else, um, you know, kind of in the mix today. I mean, I think that definitely changed the whole series. You get three, four guys who are putting up big numbers. I mean, that can, you know, swing things a little bit for this. So, 
hopefully today somebody can, you know, step up and be like, you know, third, fourth option, hit some big shots, lock up on the defensive end of the floor, make it difficult for Chris Paul. You know, like you said, we're not going to stop him. But, um, yeah, yeah, I think this game today is definitely going to be one that, you know, is very, very telling for how the rest of this is going to play out. Yeah, I was about to say that when I watch, you know, Dallas, it's kind of sad because honestly, they're, they're playing well. I mean, they've been playing well during all series. And you just have this feeling that they just don't have the players. And you can play as much well as you can. You don't have the players or, you know, not enough good players to be at the same level than, than the Suns. You know, Tyreek said that even when Chris Paul had a bad game, it was still uh, a close one. So, yeah. You know, it's kind of sad because honestly they're playing well, but you're just like, yeah, you know, you just don't have the players to, you know, giving a, a proper opposition during an entire series. Yeah. But it's a good sign for next season, though. Yeah, they'll have a chance, though, because I think Luca is the best player on the floor. But also, yeah. like, this, this is just kind of me complaining because, um, like, I, I saw a lot after game one and two. Like, people were like, oh, Luca need, like, needs help. Like, this is getting terrible. He never has help. And I'm like, bro, Jalen Brunson was, like, probably the best player on their team in the first series. Yes. And he's been great all season long. And then after he was the best player on the floor in game uh, three, I didn't see anybody talking about him. Yeah. Like, oh, <laughs> keep it consistent, man. Like, Jalen Brunson's been that guy, and he's going to get a nice paycheck in the offseason. Mm-hmm. So it's just like, you know, I, I just hate the the people that be like, oh, Luka has no help. Like, nah, Luka has – Luke has enough help to, to win this series, bro. He yeah. really does. It's just a matter of, you know, guys stepping up. Brunson, Dimwitty, um, Maxi Kleber off the bench. He's been pretty cool. Like you mentioned, Reggie Bullard, yeah. Finney Smith. Those guys are knocking down their shots. They're going to have a chance to win this series. Yeah. As good as the Suns are, they will have a chance to win this series. Not, knock down I your think- shots and play good defense. Don't you stay out of foul trouble. I think it, it could go a lot of different ways. I think I think the big difference for Dallas is that they don't have they don't really have a big man that is you know one of the best in the league. Um, I'm not saying that it was a mistake to let you know Porzingis go uh, trade him, uh, but it's it's sure that a guy like Porzingis, uh, that kind of profile might be you know missing to Dallas in this kind of situation, uh, because if, if the Mavs have have a, you know a very good big man in this game, it changes everything for for them and for the Suns. So I think this is like. Maybe you know their biggest weakness in this game in the series. I don't know. Um, at, at that time with the Porzingis trade, I was kind of like iffy on it mm-hmm. for real because I just didn't understand why. But looking back on it and how good this team has been playing without him, it's like less is more for this team because when you have somebody of Porzingis's stature, like he's an all star caliber guy, you got to really like take time out of your offense to make sure he gets post touches. Make sure he gets, you know, pick and pop touches and stuff like that. And then he has the times where he's just really bad defensively. He has the times where he's not hitting the shots. He's scoring like four points, five points in playoff games. And it's just like, you know, if that if that's your second guy, that's just not good enough. Like, that's just not good enough. Um, I'll be interested to see, though, in the, if they do lose the series. Um, I really want them to go after Rudy Gobert. And that might be a discussion for another day. But I really want them to go after him. So I think – I I think that'll be the move to put them over the top. I don't think Porzingis was the man they needed, as Tyree said. You know, I mentioned the fact of having a big man, and I mentioned Porzingis because he was the last big man in Dallas. But I, I think, I think it was the right decision to trade him. I don't think that he's 
the big men they need they need all the big men Tyreek mentioned uh Gobert but that's obviously not a you know discussion maybe for next year but yeah to me I think they might be missing someone you know under the basket to take some rebounds get some tough points against Aiton uh that would have been you know a welcome help for uh Dallas in this series yeah I will say before we go on to the um last series that Reggie Bullock and Dorian Finney-Smith, when they did get switched on to DeAndre Ayton last time they played, they were making it super difficult for him to score inside, which I thought was very interesting. They're getting their hands in there, getting steals. Um, they're actually, like, kind of contesting the shot. So I thought in terms of, like, interior defense, they were pretty solid for what they were working with on, on the floor at that time. So I will say their interior defense was pretty solid last game because of those guys. I'm looking at Ayton was – six for 12. I mean, you don't, you're not going to expect that every game, but I good enough. yeah, I was like, that's not good. Yeah. Yeah. I like, you much. like shout out to uh, Dorian Finney-Smith and Reggie, but nah, like I made a tweet after game one. I'm like, Aiden has a chance to dominate this series because yeah. like Evan said, they don't really have a big man presence. The white pal, he's okay. Maxi Kleber, he's cool. They don't have a big man presence to deal with DA on the block, bro. No he problem. has a chance to dominate. And since game one, he hasn't really done that. Yeah. Game one, he was pretty dominant. Yeah. Two and three, pretty much non-existent. Like, six for 12 sounds cool, but he doesn't really get to the free throw line that much. So, it's like, you know, he's probably scoring like 12, 14 points at most. So, he's got to be better, bro. He has to be dominant. Um, he, has chance, he has a chance to look like the best player on the floor in this series. And yeah. he just goes through stretches sometimes where he just plays very lackadaisical. Like, he has to really be assertive, get on the boards heavy, dominate this series. Like, I know he can because I've seen him do it before in the playoffs. Yeah, and he's better now than he was last season. So he's got to be better, man. He, he's he's probably the X factor for the Suns in my eyes because if he's playing dominant, mm-hmm. it's very very tough to beat this team. What about um? I'm wondering what about Michael Bridges. I'm looking at him too right now. Five for fourteen. He played thirty eight minutes. Um, mm-hmm. do you do you expect you guys expect more out of him or? I know he's solid two way player. We kind of have associated him with being more of a defender this year because he was in the defensive player of the year conversation for some people. But um, are you guys like worried about him offensively or are you just more worried about what he's doing on the defensive end? No, I'm not, I'm not really worried about his offense too much. Um, if he gets a couple threes, you know, get some fast break buckets, that's enough for me personally. Yeah. Okay. Um, I think the only time his offense is important is if like, like in the first series when Devin Booker was out or Chris okay. Paul was out. I think that's the only time his offense really like, okay, we need you to step it up just a little bit. I think that's the only time. Um, Cause he, he's got the, he's got the Luca assignment. He's got the Luca assignment. So, you know, he's going to be locked in on Luca the entire game. So that's really what my concern is more. It's just him being locked in on defense. Um, I just think more importantly, it's just like, if he hits a couple threes, Jay Crowder hits like a, a three or two. Team should be tough to beat, but Jay Crowder did hit five threes last game and they still lost, which is very surprising. <laughs> Man, Jay Crowder. Man, three-point specialist. <laughs> uh, Miami and Philly. This this is one that feels like it could change also tonight because of the, how, how it went on Friday. Um, who are you guys taking in today's game and for the rest of the series? You can go first, Evan. Yeah, um, so first of all, I think we can give uh, full credit to Joel Embiid for coming back on the court being injured. Uh, it didn't score that much, uh, but I think like just him being back, you know, gave some kind of extra energy to, to the Sixers. So this series is definitely not over. Um, but 
I still think it's going to be tough for um, Philly. I mean, depending on how Embiid plays in the next games, uh, but the Heat, you know, they look um, they look so you know well organized and strong um, when when the the uh, Sixers defense war was uh, defending pretty well on, on the Heat. They sent uh, Tyler Hero to bring some fire in, into that uh, that strong defense. Um, so yeah, they you know the Heat so far they look to be you know. Um, able to adapt to any situation that was uh, in front of them in Philly. Um, but yeah, the fact that Embiid is back can change the thing. But my point is not Embiid because uh, so far in his playoff and uh, even in the game when he come back against Miami, Embiid been you know he's been very good. Um, he brought the energy he needed to to, um, to bring. Uh, my point is more on, on other players like um, Harden, like, you know, Green, who had a kind of, you know, average series. Um, I think this is where the Sixers uh, might win or lose the series more than Embiid himself. Yeah, I'm, I was having like a big argument with my dad the other night after game three, <laughs> like for two hours, like two hours, we was talking about this series. And he, he's in the camp of he thinks NB coming back, Philly's about to win this series. And I'm just like, I'm like, nah, I don't see it. Um, shout out to NB because he's playing through a lot of injuries. He's playing through like three different injuries. And look, he's a warrior for being out there, man. Shout out to him being one of the best players in the league all season. Um, one, I don't expect Danny Green to shoot that good ever again, probably for the rest of the series. Yeah. I, I would go as far as saying he might not hit seven threes the rest of the series total. Like, that was a great shooting game. I don't see that happening again. Maxi was five or six from downtown. They shot, like, basically 50% from three. And I didn't do any research, but I probably would say they might have not done that well shooting the ball from three on 28 attempts, probably since the trade deadline. Like, <laughs> I, I'm going to just – I'm going to go as far to say that. I'm going to say um, Look, Miami shot, like, 23% from three. They're probably not going to do that again. Um, outside of Jimmy Butler, nobody else really came to play. Jimmy had 33. They scored 79 points as a team. They had a bad game. It looked like they just didn't, they didn't wake up for that game, which is not an excuse. Shout out to Philly. But that being said, man, my, my um, Philly's not going to win this series if James Harden keeps playing like this. Yeah, yeah, true. They're not going to win this series. And even if they somehow do get out of the series, they're not making it past the next round. Um, James Harden has to be better, bro. You didn't trade – you didn't wait so long to trade Ben Simmons to get a shell of James Harden. You were expecting to get a second superstar next to Joel Embiid, somebody that can take the pressure off of Joel Embiid. And they – James Harden has not been that since, like, the first three or so games with this team. He has to be better. He cannot be out there playing so lackluster, turning the ball over seven times, not looking for a shot. He can't do that, man. He's got to be better, bro, if they want any chance of winning this series. Because I'm still – I'm still confident Miami can probably win today and then close out in five. Like that's how confident I am in Miami. Um, I don't expect Kyle Lowry to play as bad as he did. That was his first game back since the first round. Miami's just a much more well-rounded team. They might not have the superstar fire that Philly has, but they're much more well-rounded. They're better coached. And Philly had just one of their best shooting games of the season. And that's really what separated the two teams was Philly shot the lights out. Miami did not. So game three did not really tell me that much. Just Joel and beat his back. I'm still rocking with Miami, man. I, I think they win today and I think they close it out in five. Yeah. Philly's just a team I don't have faith in. And it's mainly because <laughs> it's mainly because of James Harden. Yeah. Like he made all that noise to get out of Brooklyn, made, made all that noise to get out of Houston. And this is how he's playing. 
yeah. you know, probably one of his worst playoff stretches ever. And that's saying something because he's had some very bad moments in the playoffs. But this this whole postseason, we've seen like maybe one game where he looked like James Harden. Yeah. Which is just highly disappointing. I didn't get to watch much of the game the other night. I watched the the fourth quarter. Um, but it really seemed kind of to me like it was one of those things where everybody on Philly, like the energy was really high because Embiid was finally back. So it's like, okay, like, you know, our 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 MVP is back and you know everything else. So you have, you got guys coming out here giving it their all, like it's a Danny Green hitting shots. Maxie's a nice player, but I don't expect, you know, anything crazy from him like all the time. But I think I still have to go with Miami in this one. We did say, I think, originally Miami at five. I think most of us said that. And I think yeah. that was the game yesterday or the other night on Friday. I think that was the game for Philly. Um, I just, like you said, I think good and bad shooting is what really separated these two teams when you look at some of the numbers. And even from what I saw in the fourth quarter last game, it just really seemed like, you know, Miami comes out, they hit, they hit their big shots. Philly, I don't see it from guys, like you said, Danny Green, because – when I, when I heard he had seven threes, I was like, oh, I was like, this is like 2014 all over again. I was like, Danny Green's out here. <laughs> Danny Green's playing like the, you know, like he was in the finals. But yeah, it's just, it's just very small things. Like you said, good, good shooting versus bad shooting. And the Miami, they just, I don't, I don't see it happening with them um, again. So I, I think I'm going to pick Miami to win it probably again tonight and then close it out, you know, next week. So, you know, I don't think it's too hard really looking at all this. Yeah, it's just, Man, like James Harden is really – he's still one of my favorite players, but I, I got to hold him accountable, man. I can't be giving him excuses, bro. He, he's, he just has to be better. Yeah. He has to be better. If he was even like 80% of James Harden, they might have a chance at this in this series, maybe 85%. They could really win this series, but nah. Like I would be very content if I'm Miami. I'll send doubles at Joel all game. Mm-hmm. I'll be like, Danny Green beat us. Maxi beat us. Harden beat us. Niang beat us, Tobias beat us. I'll, I'll be very content with that. Yeah. Because, you know, they had one good shooting game. I don't expect them to have three more, like, in a row to win this series. I just don't see that happening, man. But maybe I'll be wrong. Who knows? Maybe I'm wrong, but I, I don't think I am. It'd be crazy if they did. Yeah, thanks. Evan, what do you think about um Joel and B becoming a French citizen? I want to ask, I wanted to ask you about that. Um, yeah, good question. I actually posted the news on, on, on the Blaze Instagram. Um, so, you know, around the question of nationality, I, I don't really care. You know, I think he has enough link to, to friends to become a, a citizen. But people been complaining about that here in France, to me, is not a question. The question to me is, um, can, can you have a player like Embiid in a national team like friends? Where you already have Rudy Gobert and you might have uh, Victor Wembanyama in, in, in a few years, um, because uh, for example, Janis uh, in a FIBA context in international game, he's struggling with Greece. He can't play, you know, as good as playing in the NBA because the rules are stricter. And there is, uh, sorry to the NBA, but there is some real defense uh, in international games. And Embiid, we haven't seen him playing in in that context so far. And, you know, he's that kind of player that, so he's different than Janice, but, you know, they have that same style of, you know, dominating in the paint. And so I'm still wondering to see uh, how Embiid is going to play in the international context, you know, against tough defense and, and tough big men. So this is like, for me, the big, you know, interrogation about around him. But if he plays well, well, I'm all open to have Joel Embiid in the French team. Now that that'll be fun because the French the French is like 
probably like you guys are probably like maybe second or third in the world, in my opinion. Australia's really good. Yeah. Canada's typically good, even though they didn't make the Olympics. But yeah, um, what did what did you guys did you guys get the silver or the bronze at the past Olympics? No, we had the silver. We lost against Team USA. I know him very well because I had to sing the American anthem on the podcast with Ken Lee. <laughs> <laughs> no, we had we had the we had the silver, but yeah, yeah, it's um, it's looking good for next year. As men- I mentioned, Victor Wembanyama. So for those who um, don't know about him, just check hey. how is he playing in the, in the French league. And this guy going to be a beast if it doesn't get injured in the next year. So yeah, it's going to be interesting in the next Olympics. Hey, Canley, OKC might win 10 games next year, tanking to try and get Victor, bro. I'm telling Honestly, you. I'd be more than okay with that. <laughs> I'd be more than okay with that. I can go for another year of pain. <laughs> bro, because he, he looks like – I know we, we throw the term generational talent around a lot, mm. bro. Yeah. He's at least he's at least 7'5", with guard skills. Yeah, Emilio was showing them to me yesterday. I was like, oh, I was like, this dude <laughs> – I was actually watching some videos from earlier. I was like, this dude's yeah. actually pretty, you know, pretty nice. Like, I remember seeing the video of him and Rudy. They was playing twos. Like, this might might have been, like, maybe four years ago. Mm-hmm. I'm like, I was looking and at there him. there is obviously – I was looking at obviously him. The, go ahead, yeah, go sorry. Ahead. <laughs> the parallel with uh, Chet Holmgren, who's uh, being drafted probably yeah. this summer. Um, so, yeah, two players that are going to be probably generational, generational talents in the next few years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I can't. I can't wait to start getting into like draft stuff. I think like I love. Of course, I love basketball, but off season is my favorite time of the year. Yeah, it's like, always between, interesting. Between the drafts, free agency, all the trades that go down, that's always the best time and the best time for content too. Mm-hmm. For sure. Yeah, we had some pretty good content last year when we were doing the stuff during the summer, like after the finals. We had some good stuff. For sure. For sure.